I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And welcome to Case File 9 of Microscope, the show that examines some of the world's biggest mysteries. This time we're looking at the fiercely competitive world of cooking shows and how that brought over into attempted murder. I phoned up Luigi Von Trapp, for many years a celebrated TV chef, but now in prison after being convicted for the attempted murder of a fellow chef. Despite not denying that an incident took place, Luigi maintains his innocence and claims that certain individuals are conspiring to keep him locked away. We talk about the incident in question, as well as his early career and how he is getting on in prison. Hello, Luigi, are you well? Very well, very well. Today is a wonderful day. Today is my birthday. It's your birthday? And, uh, today is my birthday. And uh, all the prisoners, they sing and they dance for me. And yeah. they make uh, make lovely presents for me, leaving it out of, um, out of out, how do you, uh, outside of my door. Well, happy birthday. And uh, what sort of presents did you get? I got um, a knife. I got a note you saying... Got a knife? Uh, yes. Uh, somebody left a knife outside the door. Right. Uh, underneath a note that said, happy birthday. I hope you die. A very nice, uh, very, you know, thing like that Um, there was a lovely fairy cake which had blades in it and um, I got a lovely set of pyjamas which when you put on uh, killed you we should probably talk about uh, the intentions behind the people giving you the gifts but as a former chef were you impressed with the the quality of the fairy cakes apart from the fact that it was full of blades did you admire the cooking oh it's the best cake I've ever had apart from the blades of course Um, they really upset me, actually, because um, I don't have any teeth, and so I have no, <laughs> I have no teeth. Right. I get emotional talking about it. I have no teeth, so when I bit into the blades, they went straight into my gums, and uh, at the time I didn't know what was going on. So when the prisoner came in uh, to say happy birthday to me, I smiled because I was happy. And I smiled, and my teeth uh, were back, but they were the blades. I had two buck teeth, like, but they were the blades. And um, they said, oh, what lovely teeth you have. And I said, I don't have teeth. I've never had teeth in here. Uh, but they were the blades. Yeah, I think we've got the picture with respect to the blades. Basically, you looked a bit like Jaws from the uh, from the Bond films. Yes, I looked like Jaws from the Bond films. And um, he was a very... I used to know that actor, actually. He used to come to Richard my Keel? restaurant. Yes, Richard. Uh, Dickie Keel. He used to come 
to my restaurant and um, he was fantastic. He'd dance on the table and he'd uh, he'd never pay his bill. Naughty dicky. Right. But um, I don't care because I put him in the window and people like to look at him eating his spaghetti bolognese. Sure, and it'd be good promotion for your restaurant. So how well, he, he, actually, he actually demanded that the curtain was down uh, so no other could actually see him. Right. But what I would do is put a note in the window going behind the curtain is Dicky Keel. A name he wasn't known by? No, no. He was known as um, the man for, uh, Jaws. So I had to put another piece of paper underneath saying Jaws from the Bond film. Uh, but then people were getting confused. People couldn't read English in this uh, in Lazio. So um, what I had to do is put then a translation in Italian but then people yeah. thought it was the shark and uh, I actually got uh, firebombed. How long were you running that restaurant then before because uh, I, I believe you, you were picked up for an American TV show? Yes, yes, I was on um, I was on NBC for 15 years and uh, oh my god I had such fun you know I had such fun I travelled the world and uh, I learned about cuisine and I taught my own special recipes that were passed down from my family and um, you know it was a wonderful wonderful time they never aired the show unfortunately I wish they told me that <laughs> sorry what the show was in production for 15 years but it was never broadcast never broadcast can you believe it you know I, I, I went to NBC I said why would you do this why would you do this? And uh, the bouncer outside said, we, we never commissioned you. Sorry, the, the bouncer? You didn't even get in the door no, at this I point. No, I was no, wasn't allowed in. a detailed in. conversation about the state of your own TV show 15 years after you started filming it with the security guard outside NBC. Yes, and he's a very nice man. And, you know, I'd see him most days. And he said, he said he'd tell me, he'd say, Luigi, you're not allowed in here. You know this. So anyway, I thought, well, enough of you. So I went on. Um, the reason why I got famous after that was I started putting them on myself um, online. What was the sort of premise of it? You were going, around various people's kitchens trying to like fix their problems i remember um do you know what cockroaches are yeah i know what a cockroach is i walked in and there were uh, 15 cockroaches the size of chairs and what, and i said to one of them you know i said who are you who are you who are you and uh, one of them he was uh, he was polishing his shoes he said um, how many feet do a cockroach have that's, that's quite a few shoes isn't it well they stand upright these cockroaches right. so he only had to use his bottom two but yes he had about he had other feet but they were just sticking out they were naked they were like his arms yeah they were like arms I said to him I said who are you he said I'm a cockroach I said you're big for a cockroach young man so were they talking cockroaches or was this some sort of elaborate prank <laughs> yes well I soon realised after about uh, two days they were people dressed as cockroaches <laughs> and um, they were they were going to a party so uh, we had a lot of fun so what, they, they were in the kitchen dressed as cockroaches doing what for two days <laughs> just psyching themselves up for the party yes drinking drinking and polishing their shoes to look good for the party. So that was your TV show, but you're currently imprisoned for the attempted murder of a fellow chef who I believe was making a TV show as well? He was making a TV show as well, and he got annoyed with me because he said that he was making a TV show and that I was just uh, in the background making my own TV show using his cameras. And I said, no, I'm making my own TV show. You're actually in the foreground using my cameras. So he kept getting annoyed with me. He said, said uh, you're always in my shot and that um, you, I know what you're going to do you're going to crop out me and you're going to uh, do a voiceover over your uh, footage 
and not pay for any crew. And I said, that's absolute rubbish. You're in the foreground of my show. Right. So if you watched it, um, and, you know, they showed it in court, there are two chefs, one in the foreground and one, me, about a mile away in the background, <laughs> making the same food. Yeah. And he said that I'd sometimes steal his ingredients. And, um, and did you? Uh, because presumably you had to run into the foreground to get those ingredients. <laughs> he, I would still, I would have to sometimes go into the foreground to take to take some onions sure. or garlic and but he only I only did that when he was looking at the camera so I didn't he, he didn't even know I was doing it he would turn around and say you know I would see him a mile away screaming where is my onion and I was cutting my onion and I was but I was doing my show right so what was the name of that chef his name was Justin Fruilli Justin Fruilli so he'd be doing a cooking show, but then a mile away, you'd be in the background. I guess pretty small and slightly out of focus, also making the same recipe. And then occasionally you would run the mile distance to steal some onions. <laughs> yes. So, you know, I mean, just to make it clear for your for your uh, listeners, uh, he would be... Uh, inter- he's a very famous chef, Justin Fruili, and he'd be doing his uh, show out in the field. Or, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd go to a, a market or even on the beach and he'd, he'd kind of make these wonderful, uh, extravagant meals. And then about a mile away, I am also making the same recipe. Uh, and I'm, 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 I'm also talking to the camera, but I am a mile away. And so uh, what I'm thinking... So are you is, shouting? Are you... No, no, no. When I get the footage, I will then uh, dub over it. Right. So I know what I'm saying. But um, And, you know, when I did get the footage, I'm very blurry. So I wasn't happy with the first 10 years because I was very, very blurry. But then after a while, uh, money was getting tough. I thought NBC were holding my checks. and I didn't realize they weren't even showing the show. So I had to start stealing his ingredients. So whenever he turned to the camera, I'd take the food. I'd run a mile away. I'd make the food to the camera. How much of the episode was spent on you running compared to you actually cooking? Ah, well, Because I, I, even if you ran a four-minute mile, that's quite a lot of dead air for your cookery show. <laughs> Or were you giving tips on route? Uh, so I can do a mile in about seven minutes. Right. I don't know if you've ever seen a man uh, with a, a white chef's hat run a seven-minute mile, but it's very funny. So what, what I like to do is uh, I like to kind of laugh. I, I was finding it funny as well. So for seven minutes, uh, and it was always, I thought it'd be everyone's favorite part of the show, I'd be making, say, spaghetti bolognese, and I'd say, okay, you want to, uh, you want to uh, warm up the onions, you want to warm up the garlic, uh, a bit of olive oil, maybe a bit of unsalted butter to be naughty and then you need to put in the mince the mince oh my gosh i've forgotten the mince <laughs> so then i'd look over at, at uh, justin who's doing his show look over he, you mean look right in front of you a mile away <laughs> yes yes and i'd run seven minutes laughing i'd laughing the entire way and then i'd steal his mince and then I'd run back. Would he notice this? Not hear you coming if you were laughing the yes, whole way? Yes, yes. He would always hear me coming. He would say, Luigi, you're a fucking nightmare. Why don't you just leave me alone? And I'd say, you know, give me a handful of your mints, you know, Justin. Anyway, uh, 
be, I'd steal it and then I'd run away. Now, the mile back would be about nine minutes. I'm a bit tired. Sure. And I am laughing. I cannot tell you how much I'm laughing. I've got these mints. <laughs> so, you know, I run back. So that's uh, nine minutes at seven, 16, plus two ad breaks. Uh, you know, I, I had about 10 minutes to cook a spaghetti bolognese and uh, it tasted absolutely foul. It tastes disgusting. You've got to know this. Why did it taste so foul? Because you hadn't cooked it for long enough. It was raw. It was raw. Uh, you know, in France, they would call it, um, you know, raw. I'm telling you, all across the world, they would say, this is not cooked. But I'd say, I've only got half hour to do the show. So you had problems with Justin for quite a while then, and I'm guessing that's what brought over into the alleged attempted murder that you're in prison for? Well, uh, the, the truth is, I got quite fit running the mile, and uh, I was cooking a uh, carbonara. And I was, you know, saying to everyone what you needed. A bit of parmesan, a bit of uh, milk, a bit of cream, maybe, if you're feeling naughty. And you need some uh, prosciutto, some bacon. Bacon, I don't have any bacon. So I looked over. My back was to the camera, yes. But uh, that's... Yeah, I'm I suppose all... it doesn't make that much difference visually at that distance. <laughs> well, I turned around. And I saw Justin was making uh, uh, bacon. So I thought, right, I'm going to steal some from my carbonara. And I had a knife in my hand. Now, as I said, I was getting fit. So the seven-minute mile I was doing was actually now three minutes. I could do it in three. And I just didn't, that day, I didn't know I could do it in three. So I ran far too fast, and I shoved the knife straight up his, uh, his asshole. And, um, yeah. yes, and uh, I stole the bacon. And, uh, yes, there was havoc. There was havoc on set. The cameraman was going crazy. Uh, the, 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 the editor was going insane. The, the, the editor the, was on set? Yeah, yeah, yes. The director was going balmy. It was complete havoc, but I just said, well, you know, you do what you got to do. Anyway, I ran back. Now, because I was so tired after the three-minute mile that I, I, it took me 15 minutes to do the next mile. So I only had about, you know, 15 at eight, well, 18 minutes, two ad breaks. I only had about two minutes to make the carbonara. This thing tasted fucking disgusting. Let me tell you. It was just milk and bacon in pasta. Oh, my God, it was disgusting. Anyway, so to make up to it, I brought him a bowl. I said, look, Justin, we need to make things up here. So I gave him a bowl of macabanara. He threw up everywhere and went into cardiac arrest. He was poisoned. It was disgusting. So I was arrested. I got, took to court and they said, you shoved the knife up his jacksie and you bloody poisoned Justin with your naughty carbonara. So I said, look, I mean, I could have done with a bit of seasoning maybe, but I didn't poison the guy. But anyway, he, he, he made a full recovery and took me to court and that was 20 years ago and here I am. So you maintain to this day it was just an accident? It was just an accident. I didn't know what I was doing. I just wanted the bacon. I, you know, I, I don't like the man. I think he's disgusting. I think his, uh, I think his home decor is absolutely foul. He has no taste. His food looks disgusting. I've never tasted it, but uh, it looks absolutely appalling. His show is horrible. It gets crap viewers. It was only good when it started. And, you know, yes, I'm jealous of him. Of course I'm jealous of him. But let me tell you something right now. I didn't try and kill him. No way. 
I was going to say, do you think Justin has a motive for keeping you in prison? But I guess, of course, he does if you kept crashing his show and trying to steal his bacon. Well, no, 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 no. You see, I'm not as stupid as you think I am. I'm still in his show. Right. How does that play out when you're incarcerated? Well, um, it's a very good question. What, what, I, what I like to do is I like to, at uh, night time, crawl up the uh, bell tower of the prison and uh, there's a torch obviously which shines down on the uh, on the on, you know to catch if any uh, like in a spotlight or a searchlight yes so what I do is I grab the spotlight and I shine it onto Justin's house and uh, I can see he's sleeping and I think alright I'll wait till he wakes up I was about to point out you've got pretty remarkable eyesight but I suppose that's pretty apparent if you can spot an onion from a mile away <laughs> uh, well, my, my mother always said I was blessed with uh, long fingers brilliant eyesight and the hair of a chimpanzee what? she was a wonderful woman and may she rest in peace but I, yes as I, I'm, up, I'm up on the belfry and I can see with the spotlight Justin sleeping like a baby and uh, what I like to do is wake him up he doesn't know why he's awake and then he thinks oh well now I'm up I might as well make my cookery show for YouTube which he does on his phone and as soon as I see him press play on the phone I put my silhouette in the uh, spotlight like Batman and in the background of every show he's done you can see me miming his uh, whatever he's doing so you can so you can see your silhouette projected on the back wall when he's trying to do his recording. I'm like Peter Pan's shadow. I have a mind of my own and I can go wherever I please. <laughs> so it seems like the reason he wants to keep you locked up is so that you're not in competition for him as a chef. And is his TV yes. show now going from strength to strength? No, as soon as uh, as soon as uh, they took me out, he got a lot of uh, fan mail saying, uh, "Where is uh, where is the man in the background?" Luigi Von Trapp. Where is Luigi Von Trapp? And he, so what he's done, and I didn't know this, he um, basically, I got an email uh, and I got told, look at this. And I, I had a look at the, uh, we get an hour each day to look online. I was looking. He has hired, because I was so popular, he has hired someone to stand a mile away and pretend they're cooking who looks like me. Yes, presumably quite easy to find a looky like you at that distance. Well, yes, I, I mean, I can't see the man, but it looks nothing like me. Um, but, you know, I cannot tell that because it's too far away. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com As 
you maintain that you're innocent of the charges against you? Are you exploring ways of being let out of prison? Yes, well, I'm, I'm digging a hole at the moment. Sure. Well, bearing in mind we're going to put this out as a podcast, so I don't want you to incriminate yourself. Um, I'm not digging a hole um, mm. at the moment. Yeah. But I must tell you that I am digging a hole. Right. At the moment. <laughs> and how are you going about that? Well, I'm, I've got a melon spoon. A melon spoon? Yes. You know, that is a very small hole. But what I'm thinking of doing is... Um, I'm going to run up to the belfry. I'm going to code something to Justin using, uh, like, Morse code with the light. I'm going to say to Justin, when you see my... <laughs> when you see my middle finger stick through the hole of the, uh, of the prison wall... Through the tiny hole you've made with your melon spoon. Please come and rescue me with your big ladder. Right, and what help would Justin provide given that you seem to be mortal enemies? Well, I don't know if he's going to help me. He hasn't helped me so far. It's been 20 years. He doesn't reply to any of my letters. I try calling him, no response. His agent says he's very busy. But this is... I I don't know if you're aware of this. I've only just been aware of it uh, the past three months. But because I was so popular, he has started... uh, He has started basically dressing as me on the show. Now, as you recall, I was only a square pixel. That's how big you were on the screen, like one tiny pixel. This is how he dresses now. He dresses as a pixel on the show. So he basically dresses as a black square and makes the most wonderful Italian food. Why is he a black square and not a white square? Uh, Why would it be a white square? Well, wouldn't he be wearing chef's whites? You said you had a white hat. Or do you have, like, a black apron? I wore a black apron, yes. Right. But a white hat. And a black... I wore a black T-shirt. I wore a black apron. I wore black trousers, white socks, and on the front was a white hat. So you sort of looked a little bit like a wand. <laughs> Very good, yes. I look like a wand. I was the wand of Napoli. <laughs> and do you think Justin will support your claim that the whole thing was an accident? Well, you know, I, that, that is my dream. That is what I hope. But the truth is, he is a... Um, he is a rat. He is a uh, he is a horrible man who you know. I I used to live in a wonderful house. He has stolen my house. Uh, I saw it with a spotlight. Uh, what he does is he he steals all my cars. He stole all of my money. He steals uh, all your cars. He stole all of my cars. He stole all of my money. And I went to my friend uh, Roberto in uh, in the library, and I said, Roberto, why does Justin do this? And he, he looked at me very, very sadly with his eyes. And he said to me, Luigi, you are a threat to him. You are a rival to him. There is no one as good as you in the background. Uh, a tree. You are a rival to a tree. You are a rival to the most beautiful landscape in, in Verona. He needs you. He misses you, but he can never admit that to you. And I, I've never forgotten those words. And Roberto died soon after, so I, I had that put on his gravestone, those words. <laughs> Sorry, what? The words you put on his gravestone were accolades for you. <laughs> and that's all it said. I can see it from my cell. Maybe I can read it to you. Yeah. Roberto Di Maria. Hmm. Born 1940. Yep. Yeah. Died 2016. Justin Frilly. Justin Frilly. Is very jealous. Is very. Jealous of you. Yeah. You are the most beautiful background. Even a tree 
is jealous of you. <laughs> Isn't that a wonderful thing to have on your grave? Yeah, I'm sure that Roberto's family was thrilled by that memorial. <laughs> what you seem to be getting at is that Justin Forelli is a pretty unpleasant character. Uh, yes, well, he, he actually spent a small period of time in uh, prison. He, um, he ran a dry cleaning service uh, where he didn't dry clean your clothes. He just said that he had. The, mach- the washing machines, uh, they were just doors. There was nothing actually behind them. Um, and he, he ran an absolute racket for 13 years. So uh, he did get put into prison for six months. And then he came out and started this life as a celebrity chef. But he, he, he was a disgusting man. He has uh, eight children. Um, three of them he has disowned uh, two of them he has called after himself and um, the other three uh, I have to give him respect he absolutely adores them and they actually turn up in his shows in the middle ground sometimes so you'd meet them pretty frequently halfway along <laughs> yes so, so sometimes what would happen is I would run uh, and the viewer would see the kids running first and then they'd know I was coming. The kids would be trying to run the remaining half mile to try and warn Justin, their dad, that you were coming to try and steal some onions. So, yes, um, what would happen, And but this was only for one series, what would happen is uh, <coughs> Justin would be making um, uh, pizza, he would then turn around and hear his children screaming, saying, he's coming, he's coming. He would then get a shotgun from underneath the oven and wait for me to appear. Right. <laughs> He'd wait for me to appear. I would be running towards him. Uh, he would try and get me, but I said, you know, I just keep dodging the bullets. I'd come steal his onions, his passata. He'd try and keep shooting me, but I'd dodge the bullets, and then I'd run away laughing. Um, so, yes, that was that was a crazy series. That was a crazy series. If you sure. can... If you can get hold of that, uh, watch it, watch it. And yet, despite all that happening, you still managed to run up to him and stab him in the arse. Why didn't the kids warn him? Well, what happened was his children uh, got... His children grew older, and because uh, their father is a celebrity chef, they got quite heavier. So as I ran towards the children, they weren't as quick as they used to be. But as I said before, I was running the three-minute mile at this point. I just ran past the children, and before they could uh, tell their father I was coming, I I stabbed him up the arse. And then um, when they arrived, uh, they cradled him as he bled. Sure. But I was running back at the time. I suppose we've got to bring this to some sort of conclusion. Uh, so to wrap this up, do you think you'll ever get out of prison? That you'll be able to prove it was all an accident? My dream? If you're asking me about dreams, wow, my dream. You know, sometimes I look out my cell and I see these three lines in the sky that go all the way up. Three lines? Oh, is in the, the bars in the window of your cell? <laughs> yes. And I think, uh, I think one day I would like to look at the sky and not see three lines. Sure. You um, want to be out of prison. Yes. Yes, in a nutshell. In a, in, a, in a nutshell, I'd like to be out of prison. But then the problem is, and I'm sure you've spoken to many prisoners on your, on your show, you always look back at where you came from. And so in many ways, if I do get out of prison, I'll just be looking back into prison and I'll be looking into my old room through the bars. And so in many ways, I'm thinking, what would I rather see? My old room 
with three bars in front of my eyes or the sky with three bars in front of my eyes. And I think maybe I would like to see three bars in the sky. I think it would be pretty easy to just not look at your cell when you get out. <laughs> so my final question, do you think we'll ever see Luigi Von Trapp back on our screens? Another cookery show? No, I don't think I'm going to uh, do another cookery show, but I, I think I'd like to get involved in antiques. I love a show that you have over... Antiques? Antiques, yes. I, I, think, I think I watch a show uh, that you have in England called uh, Antiques Road Show. And a lot of people there stand in the background. And I think I would like to be one of those people. You want to stay in the background? You wouldn't take the opportunity to come further forward? Yes, a bit closer to the screen, but maybe not too, not in the foreground, but maybe slightly in the foreground. So maybe I can be close, but not in front of the screen. So somewhere between a mile away and being literally behind the camera. Yes. Well, Luigi, thanks for talking to us. That's all we've got time for. This episode was researched by John Kearns, edited by Matt Ewins, and the theme tune was by Nikki Green. Follow our Twitter account at Microscope Fun for details about live gigs that might happen at some point in the future, presumably. Next episode, I'll be talking to a police detective who claims he can read minds. But until then, remain vigilant and catch you next time on Microscope. Secret to summer ready skin is here. Osea's number one best selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.